Oh, God damn it. All right. Here we go. I hope you guys caught up. You, two of you did, are now about to ah, witness uh, the awesome man, a crushing a might uh, of. Uh, Can you hear me? I don't know if you can hear me. Show's stopping! I don't know if you can hear me. Say something if you can hear me. Yeah, you should hear me. Loud and clear. Welcome, my friends, to a show that's screwy and crazy and never ends. Almost. I had to switch it up on you because they switched it up on me. I got to talk really fast because I got to record uh, uh, Care Don't Care at 5.15 California time. So we got to go fast. We got to go fast. We got to go fast. Welcome to the show. I'm Eugene Robinson, your host. This is B. Eight, six. We're going to talk about uh, all kinds of things. Can I do UFC fight night? What should you do? But first, Stigmata from Calling of the Justice song called Intro. Oh, Poster Falls Drink. Intro All of Nothing. Sung in by the inimitable. Inimitable Bob Riley. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where not only do they shoot you up in a nightclub, but they hit your car with a hammer. Revelation Records online. Go to those magnifying glass, look up Stigmata. But listen. When I could not see so clear. Well, I'm taking a real good look at your face. Payback for always nothing. All right, my friends. Okay, uh, uh, like I said, I don't know what happened, but it was just screwing me up and asking me to download a bunch of software. I'm sure Miss Tech knows what happened. Old, that's what happened. Computer technology and old go together like Ramalama Ding Dong, skipping the dude. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's V86. You got to keep up. You got to keep up. Uh, this is uh, Eugene S. Robinson. I am your host. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a couple of different things. If you follow me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, it's like pre-homework for the, for the test. It, it, it'll make life easier for you to understand. Excuse me. What the hell is going on? But uh, before, I'm going to do the non-commercial commercial, which is... It's still Patreon, patreon.com slash the stomper, facebook.com slash stomperville, or direct to, to PayPal, pinko, P-I-N-K-O 95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal cash to keep the lights on. That would help. It wouldn't hurt. 
Right now, I'm actually supposed to be in the studio recording Oxbow's next record, but they're not doing vocals today, and I got better stuff to do like this show. I guess I could have done it at the studio, owned by Roy Lichtenstein's son, and they got, like, original art on the wall, and I was like, yo, bro, somebody just left a fucking genuine Roy Lichtenstein on the wall here. Be ashamed if somebody would have steal it. But uh, you, you know what? Let me tell you something very seriously. Hey, uh, you know, there's some crimes, you know, that, that, that you, you got to know that, that, that crime is like fashion. Some shit works on you and some shit doesn't work on you. And I've never been a I've never been a thief or coincidentally, given the top of the show, a rapist. Like Mr. McNuggets, who comes up in literary terms, is called foreshadowing, who comes up later in the show, providing I, I, I can keep the show from going off the rails because I got a hard stop at, at 5.15. So because I got to go record Care I Don't Care, which you won't hear until Monday afternoon. So it seems strange. But I got some stuff to do later. So uh, uh, schedule got 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 cond uh, condensed. So non-commercial commercial. You heard it here. You heard it at the beginning first. Also, thank you for voting for Ozzy Confidential. For the podcast thing, we find out November 4th if we made the finals. Some of you waited till last hour. What the fuck? And then, of course, they tricked me by moving the hour uh, uh, ahead. So instead of 6 o'clock, like they said initially on all their write-up, they changed it to 5 o'clock, which was a dirty, filthy, USADA-esque fucking trick, also called foreshadowing. But thank you. November 4th, we'll reconvene with, on the expectation that what happens is we made it to the finals and then we'll have, like, I think there's two more weeks of voting once you're in the finals. And we'll crush the competition. Of course, if we don't make it to the finals, the thing is rigged. That's all I got to say. Uh, but but outside of that, you, if you follow me on at Eugene S. Robs at Twitter, you see sometimes I'll just send out stuff uh, like, like mood board stuff or food for thought stuff. And I sent this one by this woman um, from Medium. And medium is sometimes kind of jive, but uh, I, I thought it was interesting, and it was an interesting jump off. And I'm not going to read the piece to you, and I can't even remember what the title was. And and it, there were precursors. I think when Falling Down came out, there was something like, why why a white dude so angry? And and uh, and they you know they try to analyze like a trend. You know, really, you get you can't you can't fall for this stuff. This was just marketing for that freaking movie. You know, don't act like it's a big social trend. Like you find three angry white cats and, you know, this is a week before where they were saying that men had grown overly passive and a combination of video games and good drugs and cheap and easy fast food. They were staying home. Also followed by the Peter Pan complex written by somebody who was trying to sell books about how men were collectively refusing to grow up. Like the adolescents have that great line that I quote often and uh, on many occasions trashed beyond belief to show the kids don't want to learn. And it and, and because men are not vocal and don't typically speak up for themselves very well, um, people were just writing books on top of books. I've gone back this at a couple of shows when I was talking about the whole beating drums in the woods and Iron John and hugging and self-esteem and all these movements that are supposed to buoy. But this one actually held some weight. And she said, you know, this where where does this misplaced sense of grievance come from where you, actually, she goes, I got it. You actually believe all that crap they told you about, hey, this is America. You could grow up to be anything you want. And she goes, I never got those messages as, as a female grown up. And I never got those messages, messages, messages specifically 
as a, I don't know where she's from, but she's a, a person of color, uh, you know, as a, with her name, she could be African, you know, a, like truly African slash American. Uh, um, so, uh, um, and she's like, you know, what happens is, you know, these guys don't go to school, they're educated, she did shit in music videos, get to be about 25, and it's like, hey man, I'm a little bit overweight, undereducated, underemployed. How come I don't have a supermodel wife? Indeed. And then, you know, there's that whole cloak stuff of, I'm a nice guy, like that's ever been enough anywhere for anybody. You don't even choose your friends based on just a nice guy. Now, you have friends who are nice guys, but if that's all the guys come to the table with, skate, bro. Got plenty of nice guys. You got to, I got to see a sense of humor, intelligence, cash, you know, extreme violence. All these things make for good friendships. So, um, <laughs> so, um, so, so, so she, the premise that she lays out is what happens is, you know, you get to be 25, 26, 27, you realize that all that stuff was hoo-ha. You know what I don't remember a violent reaction to? I don't remember having a violent reaction to discovering that Santa Claus wasn't real. And I didn't have a violent reaction toward figuring out that Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy were not real. But I also don't remember in the premise, I don't remember coming face to face with, with this idea that I couldn't do anything. But I also didn't have parents that propagated the myth that I could do everything. My focus singularly is do whatever you want. And if you want to do everything, then you're fucked up. <laughs> I got to go back to Bukowski on that. Yeah, too big to be a jockey. <laughs> hey, who am I kidding? That's something else I'm never going to do. So what Bukowski says, he goes, when I think of all the, the things I don't want to do and all the things I don't want to be, it makes my head hurt. It's to your taste. Bob Dylan says in Don't Look Back, they're interviewing him. He goes, asking him about his vocal styling, which, of course, he ripped off from the, uh, uh, the, the deathbed of Woody Guthrie. But he said, uh, I could sing better than Caruso if I wanted to. I, I, I just don't want to. So, so, you know, this idea that, I mean, this is singularly, well, not singularly, but this is part of the factor of Republicans running people out there who are woefully underqualified for the job because of this fiction, uh, this fiction, goddamn, I'm choking, that, we, that anybody could do it. You know what? If I drove up to your house and said, yo, uh, I got a, a big block uh, GM motor in my car and uh, the timing is slightly off, could you like hook me up? If you had not worked on big block Chevys, you would send me on my way. And yet, if I came up and said, this guy can't work on big block Chevys, the, 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 the American MO would have you offended and, and you'd want to show me wrong by trying to work on my Chevy. And the results, I think, would be highly predictable. Anything, anything. So these dudes are out there feel, feeling aggrieved 
you know, because they can't. And this movement has, has, has fractured in a lot of different ways. The first thing that one of my Trump guys ever said to me to reveal to me that he was a Trump guy was to say, I'm sick of people telling me I'm stupid for wanting to vote for Trump. That's a concept I can entertain any hour of any day. Somebody comes up to me and says, Eugene, yo, you're fucking stupid. Okay? Why? There's a possibility. I'm willing to entertain the possibility. My ears are open. Explain to me. You're a dumbass. I'm willing to listen. If you've got a cogent explanation, I'm willing to hear it. So you should read this article uh, 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 about the politics of agreement because the zeitgeist is such that some people tap into it in a way that is healthful in a weird way. Specifically, when USADA, a faceless, I won't say faceless, nameless, a faceless, uh, um, semi-invisible entity comes out and says, hey, we detected something in Nate's sample and, uh, you know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So they dropped this bomb privately on Nate Diaz's lap. You know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been in those relationships where people would try to do cute shit that's not cute at all, but on April Fool's Day, hey, let's break up. What? Oh, my God. Oh, April Fool's, I was just joking. Nobody ever played that game on me. Because I would double back on you and say, nah, you know what? Now that you mention it, we shouldn't do this. They dropped that bomb in Nate's lap. Nate, Nate goes, ah, uh, really? <laughs> I'm a fucking vegan, a vegetarian. I, I defy, you know what? I'm not playing this game with you guys. I'm not playing this game. And Masvidal helps him, doubles down and says, I don't give a shit what he's taking. That's not what this is about. I got to go back into a backyard to fight him. I will. We just want to see. We want to measure ourselves. You guys, you are representatives. You guys serve a PR function. You allow, you allow the sales inside or outside sales to sell against this fiction that are your athletes are clean. Unlike other sports, track and field, bicycling. You have not, oh, we're going to guarantee the safety of a fighter. Well, okay, there's a possibility, possibility. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you're going to talk about Johnny, Johnny Boney Joni being a sport killer for refusing to take a fight. You let these fights go on or not go on. You chart your enthusiasm this week and you tell me what happened with your enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. Mark Hunt Wood. You tell me what happened with your enthusiasm. I was geeked. And then all of a sudden, this, it's like somebody running into my party and farting in my face. With the same outcome, suddenly I don't like the party. Suddenly I don't like the meal. And all I'm left with is the, the redolent stink of somebody's anal vapors. They tried to put this on Nate so that Nate would be the only one sitting privately having this fucking adjective. And Nate goes, no, 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 I'm giving it back to you. Hey, world, this is what's happening. SARMs. And you remember the show I did on SARMs where uh, where uh, I got the SARMs and then like looked at them and like, did I, I don't know if I actually even showed you guys the bottles. That shit, you have to be crazy to take that. I, look, let me tell you, 
they're pretty much saying on all the stuff that, that they're all the paperwork that comes with it. They're pretty much saying to cover their asses, do not take this. Not fit for human consumption. There are no trials. We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. You're on your own. You're on your own. Okay. Okay, I guess I won't take it. And what did he find? And was snuck into some organic. Once again, go back to uh uh once again go back to uh, the story I was telling you about when the skin was peeling off of my my lips when I was eating organic because I thought it meant no pesticides. Doesn't really mean that. You got to wash it, get that shit off. Uh, you know, so Nate is taking ah, I got straight my leg. Nate is taking vitamins, finds out it has SARMs on, selective androgen receptor M's, whatever the M stands for. And it's fucked up. And then they suddenly rush through the test. You know, oh shit, he put us on blast. There's a great upset. There's no joy in Mudville. Baldwin starts screaming and doing whatever he does again. And they come back and they go, this is not even, this is not even threshold level. And then somebody said, Kevin, they covered Kevin Ioli's dumbass. Like, I did everything right. Everything was right. Ain't that right, boss? Nothing I hate more than a yes man. Isn't that right, Ioli? Yes, sir. And so they they what? They they, they say it was a threshold level. And then somebody said, I think Nash, John Nash, at Hey Not the Face, who's also going to be on Care Don't Care, which is why that's being recorded later, said it. What are those threshold levels? Do we know? Let's check their website. They're not listed. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you've done it again. You've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And you got us talking about extra fight, extracurricular fight issues that have nothing to burn, nothing to do with the burnishing of the brand, except for some threadbare commercial concept about cleanliness of the sport that nobody gives a shit about. You know, what is a friend of mine once said that uh, uh, slow people rule the world? Yep, I got 552 horsepower coming out of my big block Chevy. And yet, that guy in that smart car who's insisting to do 65 miles an hour in the fast lane to, uh, to, to, to teach me. I can't get in front. I can't, I can't. Can't kill him. And once again, we have an all too familiar, we have an all too familiar two-step that anytime there's any heat and any light, you know, it's like anytime they have a fire in a bad neighborhood and news cameras show up and they always those wags are like stick for those just listening, they're sticking the, the you know, they're like putting the head in the background, they're photo bombing the thing. That's McNuggets. Mag Nuggets. Going going to Russia, getting bottles thrown at him, trying to pull a big bald uh, 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 you know uh Texas, Texas Hold'em maneuver. Yeah, yeah, we're, I'm going to be fighting next year. He wasn't. We call that a Hail Mary, bro. I don't know what they call it in Crumlin. It's sad. It was a nice attempt. Trenton Reinsmith at Forbes was like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, kayfabe. Didn't work. You can re-inject yourself into the conversation, but you do so with baggage that weighs a ton at this point. Oh, oh, I see. So you offered a million pounds, which comes out to whatever it is, 1.3 million American dollars to a woman you did not rape because you did not rape her. 
You know, that's a good way to go broke pretty fast. If I gave $1.3 million to every woman I did not rape, that's pretty much the population of the world. The female population of the world. So far, Eugene has has notched zero rapes. So I'm going to pay $1.3 million to all the women I did not rape. What do you do with the women you rape if that's what you do with the women you don't rape? They're telling him. Out, it's not just me. They're telling him. Khabib was like, what, we don't want rapists in Russia. <laughs> I, I didn't rape you. Here's a million dollars. So he's going to go to Russia and he's going to hold a press conference about a fight in Vegas in January for which no, with no, oh, they're do, they're working in secret ways. The, the UFC is working. Is Shut the, it's a fucking embarrassment. And it's, people keep saying lost battalion, lost battalion, lost. Being in the lost battalion has a certain amount of charm because you are driven by the, the, qual, the personal quality of pity. That's what drives you. If I tell you, Hey, man, you guys, I want to see you in Kentucky in the springtime. Put your money. I'm riding in the Preakness. I know I got to be down to 112 pounds. I know I just stepped off the scale at 216. But this is my dream. And you guys would all kind of look at the floor and then look at each other and then scratch. You're driven by pity. In general, your emotional state is an overwhelmingly positive one. You care about me. You care about me. So we, if you follow me on Twitter, you see this week on Twitter, overridingly, a greater number of you said that the Chris Weidman thing was getting sad and not funny. That means your heart is fundamentally, Dr. Gene Scott once said, if you are concerned about whether or not you're going to hell, you're probably not going to hell because people who are going to hell are not concerned about going to hell. It's a kind of circular, but it kind of works. No, McNuggets is in a place of high awareness. His ability to see his way out is clouded by his Extra clear perception. Because the phone is not ringing from Kimmel. It's not ringing from Fallon. It's not ringing from Rogan. Rogaine. Hogan. It's not ringing. I got to go to fucking, I got to go to Moscow to hold a press conference. And I'm going to say stuff that nobody in America is saying because I'm trying to get myself back into the conversation in America. Anytime there's a fight, anytime there's an opportunity, anytime there's a door to be open. I'm personally loving it. I'm personally loving it. If he's tweeting out stuff that's ridiculous enough to me to respond on the outside chance that he might read my comment about it's, you know, Ain't no rape day. Because it works at counter purpose to his purpose, which is to maneuver his awareness of his place in space into a place in space that's where he wants it to be. If I imagine it, I could be it. 
No. The second you raped that first anus, it was a no. And when you raped the second anus, also a no. Well, it wasn't a rape the second anus. It was an attempted kidnapping. And the third was forced oral copulation. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. I see in the comments so a few nut jumpers there, you know, a few nut jumpers. But I'm not going to – this is a short show. we got to stop at 5.15. we got to stop at – that's approximately 25 minutes. I'm not going to spend it talking about this guy. But it, it, it is wonderful to watch because what you learn the hard way is that you can't talk your way out of dump. Just like nobody ever convinced you that they were sexy by saying they were sexy, nobody gets themselves back in the conversation by saying they're back in the conversation. It requires hand, it requires a certain amount of daisy chaining togetherness. So when uh, when when Trump says, Hey yo, Mitch McConnell and I had a conversation, you know, and he said it was a perfect conversation I had with the guy in the, in, in, in the Ukraine. And Mitch McConnell goes. I don't recall uh, any of that. Uh, I, I don't recall any of that. I can see him going, yo, mate, what the fuck? You going to cover for me? Uh, no. Or like this girl, Rachel, in high school. I was like, what's it? I used what I used to call it, the roving eye tactic. I'm looking, Rachel, that's a number six. She just looks at me like, hmm. And afterwards, she goes, Eugene, you know what you asked me to do back there? I go, yeah. She goes, not in a million years. Oh, I see. <laughs> all I wanted was a hint. You were cheating. All right, okay, look. All right, all right. So they didn't cover. The bald one, they go to him reaction. What about this thought? The bald one, uh-huh. no, no, my friend. Everybody's calling you rapey, including the guy who holds the belt, refuses to fight you. Says it's it's not it's not a right it's a privilege a privilege which with which you'll be denied you're out so right now what we got is a guy with his face pressed up to the glass screaming let me in let me in and it's endlessly entertaining because I piss on you and what are you gonna do Mister Why you know you got the money you got more money than me got more money than God you can hang out with the gangsters of Crumlin. You got friends, you got associations, you have associates. What do you need to fight for? I just got to, oh, why don't you start making hip-hop records? On the other side of that is somebody, and this goes back to the surrender versus giving up. You have somebody who, who is hyper-aware of his place in space, but is not trying to ideate beyond that, not trying to create a false narrative around the place of space in order to justify it. No. This is a man who's taken a real good look at his own face. And I tweeted it out. If you follow me on Twitter, why so glum chum? We're talking about Askren. How do you think that wraps up? Yeah. <laughs> That's its proper 12 a load. And getting punched in the face. Yeah. That picture I said to ask him, why so glum, chum? Why? Why so glum, chum? Why? The dude, glum, chum. 
I mean, you've been knocked out and you've been and you've been choked out, not just choked out, slept. And I knew it was like I said on the Care Don't Care preview last week. I go, you know, you guys, you got you wrestler guys. Look, I used to wrestle in high school, wrestled a little bit in college, you know, the Schultzes under Chris Orpel, the summer of 84. Right before they took off to the Olympics, I'm guessing, or right after they gotten back, I don't remember the timing. Hard sport, it's a good base. But you tell, I, I didn't see it going any other way. I didn't see it. a guy who fights off of his back on the bottom is a danger to the guy who's just trying to wrestle for top. It's this is not Bellator. You can hold the guy down for three rounds and pity pat him on the face and do something that wouldn't win a street fight at all. This is going to be a lot more active. And he, and we did it on the JJB. We broke it down to JJB. That'll go up later tonight. But what we did on the JJB was, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, takedown, falls on his back, threatens with a heel hook. He flees the heel hook in a way that I would never think to, feel, to flee the heel hook. By turning his back, I might roll, but I'm rolling to my back, not to my stomach. Guy crawls up his body. He could have he could have catch wrestled him right there with a with a cap slicer. I mean, he didn't do it. Mm, it too, I wouldn't have done it either. I'm not questioning the guy. I'm not questioning Demon Myers' pick. Takes his back, sinks it, and he and, and the glory was the the Rick roll, the Rick roll of the choke. Right, where you think it's it's going to come the top arm? No, it's not the top arm. He starts to deal with the top arm. It's the bottom arm. That's a danger arm. The arm that he fell into and choke, choke, choke. And then he's like not tapping, and then sleeping, and then waking up from sleeping in the full faced recognition and realization that you are Shitsville, except for one thing. I got two words. Uh, yes, as you might imagine, I play Damon Maya. Marty G, my able assistant, plays uh, Dame, uh, 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 Marty. Uh, what's, what's the dude's name? Ben Askren. Go ahead, Askren. That's that old uh, Don Rickles joke about uh, Rob De Niro. He's one of the number one actors of our generation. Go ahead, he'll tell you. Ask him. As well, agreed. There until you know there were guys like I like I know music guys right and there were guys ah man I got this agent I'm doing this and I would look at them and it was I, I would look through all that and I would look at them with those stigmata eyes of like I'm taking a real good look at you and I could look into I could harrow your fucking soul and I go it's not gonna happen you know why because you are not ready what do you what is like kung fu as a master grab grasshopper I go I can feel it man I can feel it. There's too much you there. There's no mistaking in my mind that Brad Paisley is famous. I saw him at the Grammys in 2007, and that guy is an automaton. Perfect boots, perfect pants, perfect shirt, perfect bu 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 buckle, perfect hat, perfect hair, perfect guitar, perfect voice, absolutely no soul. Zero fucking soul. Because the soul comes from the imperfections. He's a creation of the machine. 
And insofar as the Trump guys have ever said anything that made any sense to me, is that they see Trump as an anti-machine warrior instead of realizing, in my mind, that he is what happens when the machine breaks. But don't think I'm thinking that Hillary is not part of the machine or Cory Booker is not part of the machine. They're part of the machine. You know who's not part of the machine? Me. That's who. In fact, I've actively been kept away from any kind of machinery. Who, Eugene? Oh, I don't want to hear any self-pity out of you. Who? Me has kept me away from machinery. When I harrow my soul, not ready. You know why? Tell you why. I could sing better than Caruso if I wanted to. I just don't want to. I'd love to sell out. I'd love to be as much. I'm as much as part of the machine as I can be. But when it comes down to it, I'm fully willing to sit cross-legged in an empty room and die. Or like the bad brain said, bad brain said, we will not do what they want or do what they say. Oh, no. If you don't ha- haven't heard this, fucking hear it. I just can't. I can't. I can't play ball the way you want me to play ball. Like that time they can't. They we had a me naked in some ad and tried to say, look, we can't have you naked in the ad. This is not like I'm standing there with an erect penis. I'm just naked in the ad. I'm actually covering my penis. Now you can't be, oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, okay. You could put a black bar over my penis as long as you write in that black bar censored by cocksuckers. They chose not to go for it. Can't be part of the machine. I got a personal fucking predilection for refusing to do that which I think should not be done. Those who are part of the machine are those who willingly do which they know should not be done. Askren, I think he has two words that keep him in the game. And those words are, write this down, Wes Sims. Wes Sims, nobody lost as beautifully as Wes Sims lost. And they kept him around for that. I feel the stuff that I go to MMA for I feel in spades when Askren loses. Because the, the quality that makes him appealing to me is, is, is brutal honesty. And brutal honesty that's, that's wielded most effectively is the brutal honesty that goes directly inward as well as outward. A quality I share. Which is why it's hard to crank me. Can't crank King Crank. I am as, as brutally honest about my, myself and my personal failings uh, yeah, he is my favorite loser at this point, Askren. And I am brutally honest about my failings as anybody else could be. It's those of us who lie to ourselves about ourselves. You look, you know, you're entitled to a certain amount of that. Like my plan to be to ride in the Preakness. I become scary when all of a sudden you see me like filling out the paperwork for it. Askren knows just where the fuck he is. And I think if I'm the bald one, I, I, I keep him in there. I renew his contract for three more fights. These are fights that he would lose all of. And at that point, uh, uh, and at that point, what you do is you, you um, at that point, what you do is say, you know, this is really not working out. We're going to renegotiate. And you bring back DJ. And you have him fight all those cats that uh, that uh, that uh, Askren fought, 
and then Fantasy MMA League, he beats them. And then you bring Askren back for a one-off, the once-in-future king against the once-and-always king, and they fight. And God love you. I'll bet everything that, that Askren loses that one because he is my favorite loser. At that point, those guys will all have aged out. They all go Hall of Fame. And we all ride off to the sunset happy. I, I think at this point, I think at this point that, that Johnny Bonijoni and Khabib, if they ever lose, I, I think you have to acknowledge the fact that, that Khabib, he's kungled his way to where he is to a certain degree. He's gotten a good run of opponents because they're cats that we could all imagine that him going with that he could easily be beaten by. Same with Johnny Bonijoni. The thing is, Johnny Boney Joni doesn't beat people in, 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 in what he what he it's like it's like sexy. See, oh, what's the biggest sex organ? Your brain. Johnny Boney Joni is winning these fights. How? He's smashing these guys in, in in his head. Somebody once said, uh, "What was it about about the Viet Cong?" And, and it was a line from a John Milius line from Ap Apocalypse Now, and he said, "You know." You only spend part of your time thinking about Charlie. Charlie spends all of his time thinking about you, and that's Johnny Boney Joni. If you don't think he's thinking about Johnny Walker, who I, I dubbed Johnny Walker Red, you're wrong. If you don't think he's thinking about uh, uh, Dominic Reyes, you are wrong. And he's saying that these guys are boring to him. And if you think that that's a castaway car, it's like when Thanos in the, in the Marvel, not in a movie, in the actual comic book, throws away the cosmic cube because he knows that once he throws it away, everybody will assume it's pointless. When, when in actual fact, he's still deriving his power. He's throwing those guys away, causing a crisis of confidence, not because those guys are not important, but because they are important. And like the old blues line goes, driving everybody in the house crazy. Heavyweights are crazy. This cat who fought on the card did not care about necessarily but uh, the heavyweight guy, who, uh, French guy who trains out of Francis Ngannou's team. This is a guy to watch. But I, but I tell you, I tell you, honest to God, you know, that uh, these guys are doing their level best. To, it, it, is like, it is like the relationship that you're in that is like 80% good. But that last 20% is just punishing. And everybody's talked about. I don't know of any other sport that does that, in actual fact, that yanks you around the block the way MMA yanks you around the block. I don't know. And I don't know whether it's because it's an individual contributor sport. I'm sorry. And I won't be talking about Bellator. Those of you who militated said I should break my, my strike on Bellator, Why? There is nothing that I needed to learn about Rory McDonald's listless five-round performance that I didn't know before he delivered that listless performance. And you can't tell me that it was the case either. If you want to say, oh, I was just happy to watch Lima fucking win, okay. Dariush, I called back in the hunt. I never expected that he would be out. Some guys like that stumble. It doesn't get to their heads. Why? Because he's got heavy people at home who are dependent on him to bring home. He's not desperate, but he's got heavy people at home. He's a bright guy. And he knows this is one of the better jobs he's going to have, strangely enough. 
And, uh, you know, he's an uh, actual fact. He's not uh, – they depend on me. I got to come. I got to build bacon. And, and and that road that road over there, see that one? That long, wide, slippery one? That's the road to Loserville. Yes, Cyril. Cyril, that, that's his name. He actually looked great. You know, it's this is all right. This is all right. So, uh, um, so let's see. We talked about Askren. Talked about Damian Maya. We got the JJB coming up. We talked about uh, McNuggets. What is the name of this show? What did I call it? <laughs> I, I, I get, uh, there's nobody. There's nobody else in the card. I picked four fights, but I can't really say. I was talked into that by by John and uh, and Steph. Um, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not talking about Michael Johnson. I didn't care about that fight. He, Stevie Ray Vaughn. He fought. Eh, there's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. That motherfucker belt. Yeah, I love Roy Nelson. It was tough to see him against Frank Mir. It's just, it's just hard to see yesterday's fights today. You know. It really is. I mean, uh, I know the UFC's got there's a benefit to 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 watch them as we watch them, but it, it, I just you know, I, I just can't, man. After I shouldn't be watching Rory McDonald, who got beat by John Fitch. Now maybe I'll come back to it now that Rory is out of the picture. But the guy is not well, and he doesn't need to be in there, and he doesn't want to be in there, and I don't know why he continues to be in there. I don't know why. There's no sun up in the sky, stormy weather. Sorry. I went down to Billy Holiday Road. So uh, I, I think I did a couple of things that I would have talked about had we had the time this past weekend, this past, past few days. I went to see Agnostic Front on Thursday. And then Saturday, instead of being in the studio loading up to, for the recording, because we're not doing vocals now, so I've gotten savage about my time. Oh, the Diaz thing. That's what I want to talk about. Um, I, I was went to a college reunion. I graduated from college in 19, actually 85, but I was a class of 84. And uh, Agnostic Front is not Nazi. Stop it. And uh, um, and then Saturday night, I went to uh, a friend of mine's 50th, you know, all the kind of Palo Alto Punk's 50th birthday at the Elks Lodge. So I would have tied that into the show. I don't have time because in five minutes, Steph is going to call, and John is on the line, and we're going to do the Care, Don't Care preview, which will come afterward and be equally breathless. But I did want to talk – I did talk – I did touch on the Nate Diaz thing at the beginning, and then we went straight from that to Nuggets and then end up with Askren. So uh, um, so, uh, so we, 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 we got it all in. But the Diaz thing is, re- is, is really interesting, and the USADA thing, Kevin Naoli thing, is, is uh, super interesting. And the SARMs that I have carried around that I refuse to take in my gym bag are also interesting. I would appreciate somebody taking it and letting me know how, how it acts. I mean, the reality of it is people have been using steroids in some form or another since like the 40s, I think. Uh, you know, and uh, like it or not, you know, it was terrible to – I don't want to say terrible because that ties into kind of an internet way of talking where everybody feels sad about stuff that uh, normal people don't – you know, I like Flex Wheeler. Flex really just got his leg amputated. It's having a, a host of, of, of health problems. So you can see if you look like Flex Wheeler, now, I mean, those canaries in the coal mine, those guys, heavy use, we're all watching them. Arnold gets a, a heart valve replacement. The guys who have taken steroids, we're watching them. Not just that. Now with the older bodybuilders, we're looking for health. These guys are pioneers in a certain way 
taking steroids in number in volume that like that fucking fighters just dreaming of. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, so we're look. Lex Wheeler, of course, got to the car wreck and it broke the neck, and there were other issues. You know, one thing I found interesting, and it, I, I'm going to be careful talking about this in the last few minutes because it deserves longer. But for a long time, there was Serge Olivier. I hate to go down the bodybuilding thing because I know a lot of you are not following. And then they had this long run where you could see, much like the bald one, Joe Weider was like, I don't think America is ready for an African-American uh, 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 Mr. Olympia. I don't think he really thought that. But let's say he thought that. And because there were a long time, those of us who were African-Americans like, Robbie Robinson looked great. He was always a bridesmaid, never a bride, never won the Mr. Olympia. You know, these other cats, oh, Flex Wheeler never won the Mr. Olympia. Ronnie Coleman did. There's shit you don't know. There is a friend of mine. Somebody told me about a friend of mine. I got three minutes ago with this. And they said, hey, you know, you know, she, uh, her boyfriend drinking tearfully confessed to me that he's got AIDS. Fuck. So they were having rocky time and they broke up. He was having sex with her without protection, felt guilty when he found out he got AIDS, dumped her. She's on the market, starts calling me. Right? And now suddenly, my previous interest in having sex with her had dissipated. And I'm like, what? How do I explain this? Well, usually you don't have to explain anything. But, you know, but she's also a friend of mine. I got to tell her. I got it, and I'm agonizing, agonizing. I don't know what to do. And then finally, I, I get like, okay, it's like junior high. I go to one of her best friends, and I go, hey, he to- dude told me, that Kevin told me that Josh, in a drunken moment, confessed to him that he's got fucking AIDS. And I know he was having sex with her, and I know it was unprotected. How do I tell her? And she just kind of looked at me like a good friend should and said, you know, it may be that what you think you know, she already knows, which blew my mind. So, you know, when when Robbie Robinson doesn't become Mr. Olympia, when Flex Wheeler doesn't become Mr. Olympia, it could be the same reason that Brad Dourif disappears right after Midnight Express. Guy's not ready for prime time. Not at all. I'm going to keep talking until st- until they call me. And then I'm going to make them part of this show. Um, so <laughs> you can see. There we go. We're just waiting. So it may be, you know, in these instances that they're stuck, that they're, that like it's an iceberg, that we at, as a casual viewer, listener, that we are exposed to 10% of it. I don't think it's that much, but I guarantee you in a weird way, the bald one no- Knows way more than we got. Gotta go. Thanks for listening. Hey, Steph. All right. Let me, uh, while you call John, I want to close out of uh, the show stopper, which is where I am right now. No, don't hang up. Just get John on the line. And I'm about to scream. Look what you made me do. And then I'm going to end the show. All right. All right. So get John and ignore. Uh, you might want to mute me so you don't get the scream and blow your up. Anyway, uh, Monday, you hear uh, Care Don't Care. Tuesday at 730, if I did it, followed by If the Shoes Fit. I got some stuff on Ozzy. Follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson. We'll see you soon.
Look what you made me do! Ah! Okay.